Well, thanks for, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate you taking the time to do the hard soul searching of those questions. They were a lot more intense than the how you do in questions, aren't they? A lot more intense for people who aren't used to this belly button gazing. I guess the first question is, is there, what are, what is one thing that you wish that you would have done differently? And it may surprise you because that was a hard question. So being a mom was something I took very seriously and actually felt like I had a lost childhood, which I'll talk about later. Mm. But I think that that increased my passion for being the best mom I knew how to be. So I read mm. every book on the shelves uh, about how to be a good mom and tried really hard, maybe a little bit too hard. So if there was anything... Uh, I got criticism for was maybe not allowing your you as children to be just a child sometimes too. Even though I don't have many regrets as a mother, I think it comes from having read you lots of books to go to bed with and uh, being a ending up being the children's church director was because mm-hmm. I had children. So not a lot of regrets. And we'll talk about later whether you children would agree. So why did you choose dad? You know how opposites attract and then maybe later attack? Well, that's probably the best way I can say (laughs) why I would have chosen him. But some of the things that that attracted me to him is he made me laugh. Yeah. He made me feel like the child that I never could be Hmm. growing up. And he was entertaining. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he actually acted like I was special to him. I, here's the here's the opposites. I'm a rule keeper. Hmm. He's a rule breaker. I'm a serious debater, <laughs> and I don't mind when people interrupt my conversation. But yeah. Norm prefers a conversation where everyone has a chance to share. Yes. Without raising your voice, I like order in my surroundings. Um, but I but I can handle dirt, and Norm can't handle dirt, but he doesn't mind chaos. What? I'm energized by alone time. Norm's energized by being with people. Um, I don't enjoy public speaking. Norm thrives on telling stories to a crowd. I like board meetings with budgets and details. And Norm hates those meetings. And he likes the meetings that you talk about vision and dreams. I love table games. Uh, Norm, not so much. I'm task-oriented, and that is one thing that I think we're both alike in. My idea of a fun night would be to watch a movie together, play table games, go golfing, or read a book by the fireplace. Mm. And his idea is that you spend it with friends. And you fly, or you grill around a fire pit, or you travel to new places of adventure. But... He'll walk on the beach with me, but he won't sit on the beach with me. Yeah. So we're very different. But yes, I, I think it was his humor that attracted me most to him because I'm a very serious person. He always still makes me feel special. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that attracted me to him. Mm. That's very interesting stuff. We also had uh, very similar dreams. We both wanted to be chiropractors. Mm. I gave that one up to be married to him. So uh, because of that similar dream though, I think we work together well because we had the same goal. In what ways do you think I'm like you and in what ways am I not like you? 
this is the ways I think you're like me. We both need time away yes. in, from a crowd in order to be re-energized. Mm -hmm. We love to be with people, though. But if we don't have time alone, we get severely fatigued. I'd say that's one area that we're like. We both like mm -hmm. calming, soothing settings to work in. Yes. Uh, we, my favorite place in my mind when I need to be calmed is to go to the ocean and put my feet, dig my feet in the sand. This is in my imagination. And hear the ocean waves, and then I hear the seagulls chirping, and that can calm me down really fast. Uh, we both enjoy debating loudly, um, and we don't mind people interrupting our conversation with their opinions. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that we both agree that if people would take the time to know us, they would actually like us. Yeah, I assume that all the time. Sometimes yeah. proven wrong, though. <laughs> yeah. But the reason is, is that we both try really hard to understand other people. I think sometimes people are put off with how loudly we debate. I need eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. And I was often woke up by my bed when you were a child saying, mom, I can't sleep. This is correct. Yes. And what I would say is, Tim, just read the Bible. Yeah. A chapter puts me to sleep. And, <laughs> and then you would go, no, I've tried that. Well, then read the encyclopedia. I think you read the entire encyclopedia because you said, I already have. I, I heard John Mulaney say that his whole college experience was one long four-year feeling of, do my friends hate me or do I just need to go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> Another place we're not alike is that you actually, in, looks like you actually enjoy teaching and preaching to crowds. And you have a, you, you are also artsy. I actually don't like getting in, up in front of a group. Mm -hmm. and, and I like to write out my thoughts instead mm -hmm. of, I don't talk on my feet. Let's just say it like that. Yeah, that, and I that, do, yeah. Used to, you wouldn't venture out into new things before you, sh before you were sure you could excel in them. And I mm -hmm. see you trying new things now. So that, that's still different than I am. I like to make sure I can do something and I understand it. I read. You read. You would be the kind who actually reads the instruction manual. I wouldn't put something together without reading about it first. <laughs> oh, and you love to interject jokes in a sermon. And I'm totally like lost when that happens. And Norm is totally energized. Oh, yeah. I'm now he's got me. Now he's with me. Now I'm with him again. And I'm like, uh, I was still back there thinking about what you said before you said the joke. You like calm pacing and dad and i we get bored with that mm -hmm. and want to mm -hmm. just kind of want to throw a bucket of ice water <laughs> on the thing yeah or or uh, norm will roll his eyes and then i know i'm too detailed <laughs> <laughs> too long didn't read is my favorite tldr which one of us this is obviously not a serious question it's more designed to get a reaction out of you which one of us kids is your favorite good question none of you <laughs> You dislike all of us. <laughs> okay, you know the answer. So when I die, I hope you'll all say, she loved me the most. Dad said that about Polly, didn't he? He genuinely knew how to give love to her son-in-laws mm. and fight for them. Mm. She fought more for them than she did for us. <laughs> That's how you feel. That's <laughs> exactly how I felt. We let JR think he was anyway. <laughs> Was he the baby? Yeah, he was the baby, and and uh, she would stick up for him. Everybody knew she would stick up for him. 
Uh, but we knew that he wasn't necessarily favored. He just got more favors. And can get away <laughs> with stuff more. Exactly. And he's going, what are you talking about? He's remembering all the times he got spanked, right? <laughs> I don't think he got spanked at all. <laughs> so that's a good answer. I hear you saying, you hope we all feel like we were the favorite. Yeah, I hope you all feel like you were the favorite. Is there, is there anything you have always wanted to tell me, but never have? Okay, so when Lynette was born, you were three. And I carried you everywhere until Lynette was born. You were heavy, but you were really had a strong need to be held. I started carrying you everywhere because anytime I would leave you in the room by yourself, there was mischief. There were crayons and ink, uh, pens, writing all over the walls. Uh, I would find you behind the chair with a box completely empty of Kleenexes uh, or in this, in the... Um, in the bathroom, the toilet paper was totally unrolled. And so I think I started making sure you were kept with me. But when Lynette was born, you were really jealous of her. You were three, oh, yes. you were three but you were really jealous. Uh, no, you just gave her the, the bottle very strongly in, when you tried to help her drink her <laughs> bottles. Take your bottle, you little rat. But I once left you at the front door. Right. And you were you're only three now and you were watching traffic. You walked across a very busy state highway to try to get to a dog that was barking on the other side of the street. And I was in the kitchen right next to you and I heard a honking noise and I ran. And there you were in the middle of the street with a lady holding up the traffic. And you still didn't get it when we took you back. All you wanted to do was cross. The, you didn't notice the traffic. I, I wanted to see that dog. I mean, come on, everybody. You didn't even know I was able at that point to open the door. You just no, unlocked the door, actually. Oh. Yeah, it was just a little oh. tiny little thing that you had to push up and down. Right. It was the screen door. on. The, it was the right. storm door outside of the right. main door. Yeah. Right. I think the one thing that I probably said to you too often was be careful. Be careful. I was a very cautious person. I think I made you a cautious person. I hear thump, thump, thump on the roof every day because Gabe climbs the tree, lickety split, boom, he's up the tree, boom, he's on the roof, and I'm yelling at him, hey, don't wear out my shingles. It's not supposed to have foot traffic. It's supposed to just keep <laughs> rain out. <laughs> Number six, do you think it's easier or harder to be a mom nowadays than when you raised us? If I look at it, it looked really, really big to me to have a big family. And it still does. Like, I get exhausted with bigger families. Carrie's personality is different. So I, it's harder for me. I'd say you're talking more about culture. And I'd say I think the culture was a lot the same grow when you were growing up. We had to make a decision. For example, how many things are you allowed to, to extracurricular activities are you allowed to have in school? We wanted to have a family life. Yeah. So, yeah. We, so yeah. we made a, a, a decision as parents that we didn't want our children to be in more than one extracurricular. So you had to sort of choose between, did you want to be in band or did you want to be in choir? Did you want to be in band or did you want to be in tennis? I think it would really be hard to be, for me to be a parent if I was taking my child to something every night of the week and then would not have a life of my own. And then when my children were gone, I would still feel like, what just happened? You ready for question seven? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you regret not asking Henry and Polly? I had my dad six months in hospice care, gave me a lot of chance to spend time with him and ask him questions. My mother 
I spent the last three months of her life um, with her almost every day. And once that second stroke came by, there were a lot of filters that were lost on her. And she, and I had the beauty of seeing my mother, how she felt about, really felt about things yeah. without the filters. And I had a chance to ask her a lot of questions. I think we all did and got answers that we really probably wouldn't have gotten had she not had that stroke. There were a few questions that I failed to ask her that we're now asking Aunt Viola, which mm. Aunt Viola is 97. So wow. we're, we're, and she has memories of what my, our family went through that we never had because we were in shock. So yeah, yeah like the, the car accident where baby Ruthie died. We've, we've had a chance to talk with Dan and Viola about those things and find out what really happened because I don't think mom and dad even really could talk about it because they, it was a shocking experience for them. Right, so. yeah. What is the best thing that I can do for you right now? Well, I think you can be part of my aging team. I hope that all, all three of the children will be part of hearing how we want to retire, where we want to go when we become physically handicapped, because that could happen. And because of how both of my parents resisted growing old and just tried to stay young and do things, I, I want to be more realistic about it. And I want to actually uh, be part of the plan instead of resisting the plan. We had to talk long and hard to get my mom to leave her home, even though it was in the end, she liked it better leaving, yeah. but it she was had hard. More social I interaction. Think about, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm probably reacting to some of that, but I want to, I, I want, one of the things I would like from you is um, a way to connect with the grandkids in a way that it's both fun for them and for me. Like I would love to be able to play a game with them from Indiana to Delaware, somehow connecting in a way that um, it's more natural than just a call. I would like to know like the kind of things they're really interested in to talk about because growing up, we just never were asked questions. So it's hard for me to ask the kind of questions to them that they actually want to answer. It's something that I don't think you really had with your grandparents. No, I didn't. Yeah. No. So it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to know how to do something you've never had. How would Nana Carol know? Hey, Israel, tell me about one punch man. <laughs> right. And Layla keeps sending me these little Facebook messages. Guess, guess what I drew, right? She'll send me these little games. Guess what she drew? And I'm like, well, I see a knife and a, and a fork and a spoon and a plate, but I don't know what's on the plate. And she's like, it's spaghetti. And... <laughs> But I hear you. I hear you. There's a challenge of the, the grandkids out in Kansas living right next to Grandpa Dave, just being next door. He was a man of extremely few words. And when he did use words, he understated those words. Mm -hmm. and, and so you need a lot of quality time with a man like that to feel connected. And I never got that. So I felt a little jealous of my Kansas cousins. Not a little. I felt a lot jealous of my Kansas cousins. You are now at that distance like I was with them in Kansas. Yes. You're at the same distance. But at least we have this technology that, that, that's helpful. That's a, that's a really helpful answer. I, I, I see that about you. I see you getting on the board at uh, Greencroft and essentially being the engineer of your own process. I also see dad being much more like me. Dad would view death as 
ideally a concrete wall that you drive into going 120 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. I always and tell you, he's willing to stay in the water and, until he drowns. And you want to gently fade. <laughs> I just see you and dad having totally different attitudes toward the future and towards change. He staunchly resists change. You proactively plan for change and navigate it. Having you guys be married to each other, though, I think that's legitimate tension. I mean, yeah. Um, he's good for me because uh, he grew up in a family where there wasn't much change. I grew up in a family where there, we moved every two years. It's not a big deal to move. So it broke his heart to sell, to sell the house on Orpha. And you were like, nah, too much work. And he's like, but I thought I was working for my whole career so that I could retire there. This year he said, you know, I actually am glad I don't have all that work to do after. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it, it is a process. Uh, number nine, is there anything you wish that had been different between us or, or that you still wish were different now between us? The only thing that I might have done different, I could have tried to be a homeschool mom, but, but <laughs> at, the look my, at the age of eight, you begged me. But you know what? I don't think <laughs> I would have made a very good homeschool mom. I don't think we would. I, I feel like I was already a homeschool mom. Is there anything you wish had been different between us? I think I would love to hear all three of you discuss that. Uh, while I was in between seminary and pastoring, going through the job search, I felt utterly worthless if I was not contributing and fulfilling my vocation and doing good in the world. I basically made an offhanded comment to whichever sister this was that I can't recall right now. I said something like, I think it's really core, core important for a man's well-being to have meaningful work. Whoa, whoa. And I said, I feel very miserable if I'm not, if I'm not working. And, and the sister said, well, gee, I wonder, I wonder where you pick that up. <laughs> Maybe from the guy who on his day off works and then on his day on works twice as much as regular people. And, you know, how many patients did you see today, dad? 65. Get out of the way. Oh, uh, what? And he feels so guilty if he actually plays, which, which did not come from my side of the family. Let me just tell you, my mom and dad knew how to play. Yeah. They knew how to work, but they also knew how to play. Dad plays, but he plays physical, physical stuff, doing, go, go, go. You don't know how many times we sit and we play a table game and he'll go, you really like this? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I really do. And I know you're just doing it for me. So thank you. <laughs> Did we answer that question? I guess we didn't really. We basically said, we don't know. We don't know. When did you come to the realization that you are no longer a child? I think you referred, you, I think there's something you already thought through with this question that you've, you got an answer. I think I realized I wasn't a child when I was in fourth grade. I mean, my mother, until the, the evening was over, it, she was not finished giving us work. I think that made me feel like I was never a child. We would that there was a sandbox far away from the house and we would race out there as, and then we'd pretend we didn't hear her calling. And because if we, if we did hear her calling, then we feel guilty that we didn't come. And so I think I, I started thinking about that and we had to be good or else, I'm, I, I'm still trying to figure out if it's my personality because I always tried to be good. I tried so hard never to get a spanking, but I got plenty of them because one person did something wrong and no one else would tattle. And so we all got lined up and all got whacked. 
And I'd so say, if nobody, if nobody fesses up, y'all are all getting a, a, a spanking. And hand. I had that conversation with my mother in her, in, you know, when she'd lost her fillers, I said, why? Why would you get us all in a line and spank every one of us because one of us did something and you wouldn't take the time to find out who that person was? And she goes, it was too much work to find out who did it. And somebody needed to be spanked and you should have been spanked because you didn't tell. That whole, whole way of parenting made me try so hard to be good so I wouldn't get spanked. And then I still got spanked. So I felt like I just all my life tried to be growing up. All my life I tried to be the one that organized the family and made sure that everybody's stuff was in place and made sure that every, the house got cleaned. And then when I grew up, when I married Norm, I finally could be a child. Wow. Wait a minute. Hold on. Slow down. So let me get this straight. You finally had breathing room to relax and play. And play and be myself and be who I really was and still be loved. Norm had this thing of, he told his mom once that if he doesn't grow up by the time he's 16, she can give up. So I married someone who never felt like he was growing up. And never, and then discovered he didn't really want to be the grown up that everybody thought you are when you're growing up. So I think marrying somebody who didn't really care about being grown up helped me to relax. I was still okay. I could, you know, say how I felt about something and I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to get spanked if I didn't do something right. (laughs) That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Well, no, it's just really interesting then, was any of that projected out onto God as well? Oh, definitely. Uh, just the judge. Yeah. God was definitely a judge that was just up there waiting for us to do something wrong so he could whack us one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, but I did, as an adult, come to that, where I realized when I made a picture of God, I made him a judge with a hammer. And then I realized that I have to, that is not who God is. I've got to see him as a shepherd, somebody who actually cares about me and wants to lead me and is kind about it. And, and I, I didn't have um, mean parents. I had parents who were trying to be good parents. Yeah. They weren't mean parents. I didn't get spanked often. It was more my fear of getting spanked. That's probably why I love teaching children's Sunday school rather than an adult Sunday school. I like to hear children, children's answers to questions. They're authentic. They say what they think. They don't say what they think other people want to hear. You know, you can just about bet if you're teaching a Sunday school class and you ask an adult a question, well, I've heard that question before. I know exactly how they're going to answer that question. What's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. You just say whatever the Bible says. Well, I've heard that before. I'm not learning anything new here. So if you go to a children's Sunday school, you find out what the parents did before they brought them to Sunday school, how mad they were before they got there. And they just say it like it is. And you're like, oh, these are really normal people. Yes. Father Thomas Hopko and his 55 maxims. That's one of the things he, he thinks is so critical to having healthy spirituality is don't be so spiritual. Be a human being. Be one with the human race. I think the more, the more closed we are to the wider global community, it's the more I, we can just get really close to like we're superior. You know, and this is why I say a denomination makes a beautiful home, but a terrible prison. In other words, a de- denomination is not me saying 
I picked Mennonite because we're better. No, I am Mennonite because I was raised in this group. Mm -hmm. This is my family. I don't, I don't think we're better or smarter or more biblical or more superior. I happen to be convinced of our doctrine. Yeah. But I fellowship yeah. with these other denominations and they teach me and they, they, they have strengths in areas that we're weak at. And mm -hmm. I want to learn from them and fellowship. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ, which is a far deeper bond than even biological blood. So denominations are good, but denominationalism is actually sin. I feel that especially from the Amish that are in our church, I feel like they, they miss out on some of the strong community mm. uh, things that they used to do. They don't miss out on theology as much as they miss out on community that's what yeah. they and that's what they're still trying to get back yeah is those people who are there in times of trouble who are going to be around them when their house burns down or their you know things go bad mm -hmm. their community is strong and you're right i think it how you grow up has a big effect on whether you uh, feel secure right and our, our, a lot of us grow up thinking that the essence of Christianity is about believing the right things instead of the wrong things and doing the right things instead of the naughty things. You're the one who said to me when grandpa was aging and I heard you say, when we're really, when we're really babies, when we're young, we're dependent. We can't earn love. Our parents just love us. And we can't provide and, and give back to be useful in the family. We're served, we're taken care of. And so it's this, this mystery of grace that children aren't loved for what they do, they're loved for who they are. And as we age, we lose our, lose our ability to contribute. And it's very disorienting when we find our identity in that, which as I admitted earlier, I do. And, and so you, you said aging and losing our ability to perform and, and, and contribute in those ways is this second, it's this beautiful second chance to rediscover a deep gospel truth that we are loved for who we are, not for what we do. Um, yeah. 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 I saw that firsthand. It's hard to see the parents who you, who you depended on and you depend on them in ways that you never know until mm -hmm. you don't have them. And then, yeah. And it's hard for them to accept that they're still loved. My, it was really hard for my parents to, to know that they would love be loved even if they were in a wheelchair. Mm. Hmm. It was a good conversation. It made me made me think pretty hard on some questions that I haven't really had to think about. So uh, maybe I can come up with the questions the next time. That'd be fun. <laughs> My personality is I can hear what you say. It sometimes takes me a week to 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 let something Norm says to me. For me to per for to permeate me and 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 for me to take it like okay I'm going to hear that my first response is always resistance so <laughs> I, I let I let people give people a chance to resist what I have to say and to fight back and and hope that something that I said might actually make a difference in the end maybe not right away but maybe eventually it can be used because that's how I react. Yeah. I mean, if somebody says something to me really strong, I will, in my heart of hearts, I will first of all go, whoa, I don't want to hear that. But then it has an effect on what I think and what I believe because I start mulling it over. Now, not everybody may. There's some things you just want to have go choo-choo right back out. 
there's there's this idea as old as the Old Testament that is one of the most hopeful things I've ever heard, and it's the idea of repentance. When you try to change and you can't when, and fail repeatedly and you lose hope that change is possible and you lose hope in yourself and you lose hope in God because you don't think change is possible because you've tried it all and it hasn't worked, 